Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone's having a nice week. Happy Friday. And to all of you who will be joining me later this evening for the Friday night happy hour. Can't wait to see you guys. It's been, well, now two weeks since we last shared a drink together, and I know a lot of them were at the Renegade University, so I'm kind of excited to get an update on that because I couldn't make that last weekend. I was doing some other traveling myself, which is why I was sort of MIA for a while. I've been unplugged, and of course, it it seems like every time I take a, a little break, there's something big happens. There's always like something to talk about you know sometimes I, d- I do the podcast you know usually twice a week and there's just not a whole lot going on and then you know y- you go through a couple weeks of that and then you decide to take a, a uh you know four or five day little vacation kind of thing and then boom there's like three or four kind of big stories that you'd like to talk about and you're just not around to do it so murphy's law i suppose we're in the home stretch here in terms of the uh, the ticket sales to the Sayulita Super Spreader. It's uh, October 15th right now. I'm running a 10% discount promo until, I think, the 18th. Does that sound right? I think you might have until the 18th. You know, I, I thought it was today, but I got my dates mixed up, so you might have seen that you only had like two days left to get tickets or something like that. That's... Not entirely true. If you use promo code FICTION, you'll get 10% off your ticket order, I think, until midnight on Monday. But don't wait. You know, do it now if you can. I'd like to, you know, I am going to sell tickets through November, but I really want, I want like, my final headcount, basically, by the end of this month. That's when, you know, that's what I'm going to take a look at, at what we've done and, and sort of plan everything around that. So get your tickets before the end of this month. You have until the end of uh, this week, I would say. It, that includes like Sunday or whatever this weekend to get the discount. After that, you're going to have to pay full price like everybody else. So uh, promo code FICTION gets you 10% off. Go to sayulitasuperspreader.eventsmart.com. All the details are there, the lineup. We have a couple um, new additions to the lineup as well. Mark Clare introduced me to a guy that's been living down here in San Miguel de Allende. And he's an expat. He runs a, he basically runs a, a business around showing people how to become expats and how to, you know, how to live abroad and, and be successful doing that. So he's from the Borderless blog. His name is James Guzman. He's going to be giving a talk at the event on, um, you know, 
basically freedom through expatriation. And another one of our listeners who is heavy into the crypto space is going to be giving a little talk presentation type thing on crypto mining, how to do that. So he's not actually listed on anything, but I am going to block off some time for him to give a talk about that because uh, at a minimum, I have a lot of questions about it, but I think it'd be pretty interesting and a lot of people are interested in that topic as well. So go ahead and get your tickets now before it's too late. And of course, since it's been uh, about a week since my last podcast, you know, I, I did the, I released the one that I recorded with Justin, which was a lot of fun on last Friday, I think, so that you guys would have something. But my actual last podcast that I did solo, I think was last Wednesday or so. So it's been, man, over a week now, I guess, since I've talked about the news. So I have a lot of stuff in the stack here. But what's what's really been at the front of my mind is the the whole Joe Rogan Sanjay Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, uh, Rogan podcast. I listened to that yesterday. That's one of the reasons why I didn't podcast yet. I started it and I, and then, you know, it's like three hours long and it just chewed into my whole, my whole evening. So I didn't really have time to do much after that, but I, I did really enjoy it. Um, I, I love Rogan and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd heard much from this Sanja Gupta guy. I, I know I've heard his name and I'd probably seen him in passing on TV or something like that. But there were some pretty interesting exchanges. Obviously, the, the big one that's been getting all of the news attention in the, in the interwebs and on, on Twitter and everything is that Rogan just went at him for CNN's treatment on uh, of Rogan when he did that uh, when he did the what the fuck do you call it the Instagram thing where he got COVID and he talked about the treatments that he did and I went I mentioned that uh, I talked about that a little bit on the podcast when it happened and you know CNN just goes fucking bonkers when he mentions ivermectin. And they just start painting it as this, you know, horse dewormer, horse paste thing that only animals use. And of course, all of the fucking bobbleheads that listen to CNN start repeating the oh, horse medication, horse medication kind of thing. So Ro- Rogan fucking pins this guy down because he's CNN's doctor, right? He's like the TV doctor for CNN. And there, there was an interesting exchange there, and then there were a couple other interesting exchanges that I wanted to talk about that, that came up during that, that whole interview thing. Of course, we've got the, the whole Southwest flight debacle and, and these airlines having issues with these vaccine mandates, trying to enforce Biden's vaccine orders. I want to talk about that a little bit. And then, obviously, my hometown is also making headlines once again, not for something that you'd want to brag about, but Chicago. <laughs> Came across a couple articles about Chicago that are just very um, emblematic, I guess, of of that fucking city. The art museum firing unpaid volunteers because they're white, and the um, and then the the police union is actually advising people, advising uh, police officers to defy the vaccine orders. And uh, so we're going we're to talk a little bit about that, and we'll see what else. I got a couple more things here in the, in the stack, but um, I don't know how much time we're going to have or how long I'll go. It is Friday, so I do have sort of a jam-packed schedule. Yeah, every other Friday is just a busy one for me. So this, this is a, a busy one where I'm working during the day, 
at a brief break before we do the the happy hour. And then that usually goes pretty late. I think I'll only be around for a few hours tonight. I think I can do about three hours or so. So we, we do start at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be there or be square, and I think I'll probably have to, to shut down around 9.30 or so. But still, uh, you know, hop in whenever you want. Hop out whenever you want. And if you'd like to become a, uh, if you'd like to join us for the, the Friday night happy hours, all you have to do is go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab, and set up a recurring monthly donation for any amount that you want, and that will get you in. That will get you into the, the Friday night happy hours. And, and you, there are some other fringe benefits that, that come up from, from time to time. Not only do you get special access to me, but you usually get the, you know, the right of first refusal for certain things. Anyway, this, uh, this Sanjay Gupta, Joe Rogan uh, interview was, was pretty interesting to watch. I, I love how you know people are just stuck there talking to him. And it, you can't you know, cut to commercial. You can't sort of weasel your way out of something. And it's not these like 30 second, two minute soundbite. These are long extended conversations where, you know, people can get pressed, pressed on their ideas, pressed on their thoughts to elaborate. And you can see how fucking, I'm not going to play the clips because I think everybody's seen them by now. I mean, they've been all over Twitter um, on CNN too, probably. I, the, one of the interesting things that I thought was watching CNN's reaction to it, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But uh, you know, you can clearly see how uncomfortable this guy is when Rogan brings up the the CNN thing because you know, um, you, you know, he didn't want to discuss it, but you knew it was going to come up at some point. And when it finally does, you know, throughout the, the podcast, it actually happens to Sanjay a few times. It's kind of funny. Like he keeps mentioning it. And like, just when you thought he was out of it, you know, they pull him back in, but he, he's pulling himself back in because he would just be like, oh yeah, like a, a back to that ivermectin thing. I know I'm not supposed to talk about that. And then he would just get tangled up in it again. But it's great. You know, I love the way Joe Rogan sort of confronts people because he's a lot nicer than like, for instance, I would be about it. Like I would I would be even, you know, more confrontational and, and you know, a little more blunt with things. Uh, R- Rogan just, you know, he's got this calm way of, just, you know, did it bother you that 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 CNN just outright lied about what what I was taking and and the you know what this medicine was used for and he just sort of you know he just sort of asked these like very point pointed questions he's not going to let you sort of weasel your way out of it and and Sanjay tries for sure he he comes off as a, as a very weaselly guy the the next day on on CNN but he just sort of lets this guy like squirm and and you know that in and of itself shows you all you need to know about the the corporate press. But these, you know, these TV anchors, these talking heads on CNN and Fox News and everything else, like they're so used to being in their bubble that they never really get a lot of pushback from somebody, you know, Joe Rogan knows a lot about this shit. That like that's the other thing. He's not just like this dumbass meathead that that doesn't know what he's talking about, especially when it comes to 
like health stuff. Like he's very, uh, he, like he'll surprise you when he just busts out all of these other treatments and drugs and effects that they have on the body and stuff like that. Like some of it goes over my head. But, you know, he's talked to doctors about all sorts of medications, lifestyle choices, uh, you know, exercises, diets, gut bacteria, like all this shit. Like he's talked to people for hundreds of hours, knowledgeable people from that, that have a different perspective on all this stuff. And, you know, so, so Sanjay can't just like blurt out some bullshit platitudes and, and try to uh, sidestep the issue. Like Joe Rogan's pushing him on it. And calling him on all this bullshit. And he, he finally gets him to admit. He's like, yeah, they shouldn't have said that. I get it. Like, they, they shouldn't have lied. If he had some integrity. Like, one of the, the, the best things that I, I really liked uh, Joe Rogan asking. was like, well, like, did you did you talk to anybody about like at CNN about this? Did they ask you about this? Like, what was going on? And he's like, no. No, I didn't ask him about it. I can ask him about it now. Like, I'll, I'll talk to him about it now after the fact. But did you have a problem with the approach that they were taking? Because this is clearly an outright lie. And, you know, we're going to, I'm going to play the clip here in a second of, of Don Lemon doing the sort of the follow up damage control thing. But if this guy has any fucking integrity, he would try to clear the record, you know, uh, uh, make the re- correct the record in real time about ivermectin and not let them just run with this bullshit propaganda that okay maybe technically it could you know it's not a completely false statement it's that thing that michael malice always talks about with the media this is a great example of it where they're they're being factual but not truthful like yes there is a version of ivermectin that they prescribe to horse as a horse dewormer but that is obviously not what Joe Rogan was taking. Obviously. It's fucking Joe Rogan. He he went to a doctor and they prescribed it. The doctor's not going to give him... He didn't go to a veterinarian. They know that. They're being dishonest. Yes, there is ivermectin for horses. There is also ivermectin for fucking people that's been prescribed to billions of people, has a, a great success rate in a number of treatment options. Like, yes, they, they keep talking about the... Uh, was it the river blindness or whatever the hell that it's known for? That I think that's what it won the the prize for. But there are also these instances like this um, area in India that they actually talked about on the podcast where it's being used at, successfully with you know a cocktail of other treatments for COVID. Now, again, like how much the ivermectin effect has on covid versus the other drugs you know that it's being taken in combination with is anybody's guess but it's very interesting to see the corporate press just freak out anytime somebody mentions an alternative treatment to covid like unless pfizer just came up with it they don't want to hear about it and they are going to shit all over it it's like my god dude how much kickback are they getting from the fucking pharmaceutical industry like you, you can't talk about any other approach to treating COVID other than the brand new vaccines that they're coming out with or the brand new pills that Merck is coming out with. Those are those are approved treatments, obviously, because we, we came up with them yesterday. 
but but things that have been used to treat similar types of viruses it, through the history of fucking medicine can't do that can't talk about fucking eating right and exercising and not fucking double fisting cheeseburgers no 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 that makes you a fucking lunatic that gets you the 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 full force of the corporate press thrown against you propagandizing people to think that you're a lunatic it's unbelievable it's it's absolutely fucking unbelievable to see them them treat like the other thing is like like how many people are involved and have opinions on treating viruses on the treatment that other people should be using i, I mean i've never seen a news organization like a, a news show talk about what treatments people should be taking for a, a for a disease or a virus or anything like that it's really bizarre it's really fucking bizarre. Hey, how about you just let Joe Rogan's doctors do what they think is best for Joe Rogan? How about that? And then he can tell people what his doctors gave him. Like, okay. It's not like these people have, like, you can't get this shit over the counter in the U.S. anyways. What are they worried about? You need a prescription. Down here, you can go get ivermectin over the counter, hydroxychloroquine, all that shit. I got a bunch of ivermectin in my cabinet here. <laughs> It's like, what do they care? Like, why do they care so much? If it's an effective treatment, what's the big deal? And that tells you something. That tells you that there's something bigger here. It's not like they're worried about all of these supposed people, you know, that took horse dewormer version ivermectin and had to go to the hospital for overdosing on it. Like there was like six people that did that or something. Okay. You think you think Don Lemon on CNN is worried about those fucking people? Absolutely not. Those are the people that they fucking make fun of constantly. Those are the caricatures of the people that they fucking try to paint half of America with. You know, the the deplorables, the unspeakable people that don't be that don't have a right to be part of society because they're not in lockstep with the progressive left and the corporate press and, and vaccines and all that stuff. These are people that they they laugh at, that they take glee, they, they get gleeful. They get happy when something bad happens to them. So don't give me this shit. They're worried. Oh, millions of people could, you know, all these people could start taking unapproved drugs and get hurt. They don't give a shit about those fucking people. They don't give a shit about those people. I mean, they don't give a shit about anybody, but those people they really don't give a shit about. So spare me that. Spare me they're worried about people taking unapproved medication and the, you know, the, the side effects of that. Give me a fucking break. They don't care about that. But anyway, it was... Dude, dude, these exchanges that Rogan gets on his show are fucking fantastic. They're they're so revealing. They're so enter- like refreshing to watch. The the one thing... Like, I always have things that I, I want to bring up. Like, it drives me crazy when there's, there's just not me there or, like, some other voice. Oh, God. Okay, so podcasting during the day drives me crazy. I don't know if you guys can hear this drain thing draining in in the background. I'm going to, you know, I'll stop in a second. But, like, every, like, five minutes it happens and I have to pause. So if this whole episode is just, like, out of whack and it just seems, like, uh, choppy or, like, I lose my train of thought or something, it's this fucking drain going that just drives me batshit crazy and it seems to happen during the day a lot more than at night like at night it'll happen maybe once during the podcast i'll have to take a break 
And then like the, the, I've had to do like six or seven breaks already. And I'm what, like, I don't even know how, how long I'm in because there's all this dead time. And then it takes me forever to fucking edit all that shit out. Anyway, um, I always want to be like, be able to interject. I need like a, a, a direct microphone into Joe Rogan's ear to give him some questions to ask or to interject. But I mean, like to his credit, he did a really good job with this one. Like I kept wondering, like, the, you know, the first exchange, I was like, oh, is he going to bring this up? Is he going to bring up this point? And eventually during the three hours, he got to almost all of them. I think when it comes to the whole ivermectin thing i think he did great and just it, the whole covid thing in general he he hit on almost every point there was some my uh the myocarditis thing that i i have some thoughts on that i want to get to but let's how the hell let's play the the initial exchange that everyone's talking about just so we have a point of reference and then we'll play the the uh, damage control interview that he does with Don Lemon because I want to have those juxtaposed I guess to just show you how fucking weaselly these people are you know like that is like the true mark of a pussy is like when they are confronted they kowtow they they you know they they tell you what you want to hear right and they they admit that you're right I mean it you could tell that he was squirmy and uncomfortable and he didn't want to give like a full-throated denunciation of CNN or anything like that. I mean, obviously he works for them and I'm sure he's friends with all these people there. But, you know, when your friends fuck up, you should tell them that they're fucking up. And you, you probably shouldn't be friends with a bunch of dishonest pussies on CNN. But, you know, he's he's one way with Joe Rogan and he's like, you know, apologetic and admitting that, you know, CNN was wrong. And then he get and then like, then and, oh, and he says he'll talk to him about it. You know, he'll try to get to the bottom of the whole ivermectin thing and he'll ask him about it. And then he goes on uh, damage control CNN, Don Lemon shit. And the same thing, he lets the same fucking shit fly. And he's, he's singing a completely different tune because now Joe Rogan's not sitting across the table from him. It's fucking despicable, man. I hate people like that. I hate, like, have a fucking backbone, have some balls, stand up. Like, if you if you stand by CNN's bullshit, then stand by it. But you can't do it because you clearly don't have a fucking leg to stand on. Joe Rogan pointed that out. So you fucking, you know, you're apologetic to him and you tell him that you're going to fucking do better. You're going to at you're going to get to the bottom. You're going to go and ask them about why they went with this horse dewormer thing. And then, like, the next fucking day, you're making the rounds on CNN, not correcting the, the record, going along with the whole factual but not truthful thing. Ugh. Anyway, here's the initial um, exchange with Joe Rogan that's that's getting all the fucking talk. It's not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network, it, and it's it, a lie that's a willing that's, – that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Well, the FDA put this thing out. You saw that. Did you see the thing that the FDA put out? What did the FDA put out? <laughs> it was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Stop taking this stuff or something like that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel Prize, the Nobel Prize in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah, no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie 
and say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, motherfucker. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thinking. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. You got this it with it right you. right here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do see, you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's a problem that your news network it was not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch horse. of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill because there were people that were taking it the veterinary medication and i you're not obviously you got it from a doctor so that it shouldn't be called that ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease and as you say it's probably you know i think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world more, i get that way more so way more can, billions can, of people have taken it can i just come back to the one i want to talk about I, two, no no two, no, no, two no, things no. On you the have ledger. To, you have before we get to that does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? I you didn't think that was did, your, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with podcast. such glee. No Yes, they did. I watched. Okay, and it goes on for a couple more min- minutes after that. And, I mean, that's about as good as, as you get from Sanjay. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. that they, they should have... Um, they should have, you know, talked about ivermectin in a more flattering way. Why they do it, I don't know. What did they say? I mean, come on, man. You know what the fuck they said. This was all over the internet. It was all over the internet. And you work for that network. And you're the doctor guy. They didn't ask you about it. They didn't, um, like, it didn't come up in any of these meetings that you guys have. I mean, I don't really know how TV works. But I would think that their doctor guy would be brought in for some sort of consultation. He was probably like, you know, like one of the one of the the masterminds behind the way to spin it, right? I mean, if I didn't know any better. Like, okay, Ivermectin, like how can we attack this thing? And he's like, "Well, it's used for horse deworming." It's like, "Come on, man. Come on." But, you know, so he he eventually, you know, he's like, "Yeah, they shouldn't have said that." Okay, like I get it. It's unflattering to call it a horse dewormer. It's more than that. It's more than that. And Rogan pointed this out several times. Like they're they're lying about what he took specifically because he did not take the horse dewormer medicine. He took the people's medicine. So that right there, like yes, there is like I, like I said, it's it's factual but not truthful. And they are outright lying. Like they're framing it in a way that that that's that's making Joe Rogan look like he's taking horse medication when he's not. He he, he was prescribed by a doctor. This is like you know this is part of a, a like a, a typical treatment for some people. Like there are doctors prescribing this in conjunction with other drugs for COVID treatment. Why? Why does that fucking bother them so much? And why doesn't it bother guys like Sanjay Gupta when they, you know, they're just when they're so blatant about and dishonest about what's what's going on? Why? Like, and to ask the question is to answer the question. You're like, what's the agenda here? Well, it's kind of obvious when you start asking these questions and you see these guys squirming around in their seat. And it doesn't bother these people. It does not bother him that. 
that CNN treated the story this way. Like this is what they came up with from from Joe Rogan talking about all the, the things that he was prescribed and how he's feeling better after recovering from COVID. Doesn't bother the doctor that they just completely smeared a, a, a drug unnecessarily. Came up with a complete, like, ridiculous storyline for it. Doesn't bother him. Doesn't bother him at all. Didn't ask, didn't, you know, didn't talk to anybody about it. Like, I don't, I don't really believe him. Like, my, my gut just tells me that he was more involved in this than he would care to admit. But maybe not. Maybe not. But then, he, you know, then he goes on TV the next day or the day after this came out. And we'll see. We'll see how honest he is. And so here he is on CNN's Don Lemon's show or whatever, trying to correct the record. Okay, here we go. No, because it's Joe Rogan and there's lots of you jockeying back and forth. But he he did say something about ivermectin that I think wasn't actually correct about CNN and lying. Okay, ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. So it is not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse dewormer. I, I, I think that's important, and it is not approved for COVID. Correct? That's right. That's correct. It, it, it is not approved for COVID, and you're right. I mean, the FDA even put out a, a statement saying, you know, basically reminding people it was a strange sort of message from the FDA, but that said, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, stop taking this stuff, is essentially what they said, referring to ivermectin. Now, I think what, what Joe's point that is... It has been approved is for humans, and, but not necessarily for COVID, right? Yeah. That's correct. It's been, it's been used for a parasitic disease for something it's called river blindness, and it's been very effective for that. But, you know, just because it works for one thing doesn't mean it works for something else. Right. And, you know, there's still a few ongoing clinical trials around ivermectin, but for the most part, if you look at the data, there's no evidence that it, that it really works here. When Joe got sick, he took ivermectin. He also took monoclonal antibodies, which is, you know, an infusion of these antibodies. So he took both those things. It's, it's, it's very likely it was the monoclonal antibodies that made him feel better so quickly. Sanjay, always a pleasure. I hope this was an easier uh, experience. Okay, so there you go. There, there, is, there he is backpedaling his fucking ass off on CNN. Let me, let me correct the record. It's not technically false to say that this is, uh, this is used as a horse dewormer. Yeah, exactly. You're being factual but not truthful. No wonder nobody fucking trusts you. No wonder nobody fucking trusts you. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, they just keep going with it. Well, we didn't exactly lie about this aspect of it. Yeah, but you lied about what he was taking. You you framed it in a way to make... It's not approved for COVID treatment. By who? Okay, the FDA. The FDA hasn't approved it. The FDA hasn't approved any of these fucking vaccines either. Or at least until recently, they hadn't approved them, except for emergency use only. I don't see you shitting all over anybody taking the vaccine when it was just for emergency use. This doctor's prescribing it, so it was approved by him. Like, who fuck cares about these bureaucrats' uh, official approval of COVID treatments? How are they doing so far with all these approved treatments? Not so great. Not so great. And by the way, Rogan did not tout ivermectin at all. He just mentioned it as one of the cocktail of drugs that he was taking to to treat COVID. He wasn't like I took I took ivermectin and I got better because of ivermectin. No, no, no. You guys fucking ran with that story. You guys jumped on the ivermectin thing and went fucking berserk. 
You did that, CNN, Don Lemon, Sanjay Gupta. He didn't say ivermectin was responsible for anything. He just mentioned all of the fucking treatments that he was given. That's it. He said, this is what they gave me, and now I feel better. And ivermectin was one of like four or five things that he named. Okay. Okay. You guys fucking harped on this. Not him. So don't say like he was, you know, oh, like he also took monoclonal antibodies. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't attribute anything to ivermectin other than the fact that it was given to him among other things. And now he feels better. You guys were the ones who were like, oh, we have to squash this ivermectin thing in its tracks because, well, I don't know why. Haven't gotten a good answer on that yet. God damn. It's like if if somebody takes ivermectin, something bad happens to people on CNN. Like they get tortured or something for every dose of ivermectin that's given out. Who cares? Who cares if people are taking it? Who cares if doctors are prescribing it? If it's working? Why? Why does everybody care about this stuff? It's so fucking bizarre, man. It's so bizarre. Anyway, I just thought that was really Weasley of of Sanjay to to sort of go on there and then get like completely fucking backpedal. You know, he mentioned he mentioned the same FDA thing in two completely different lights. Once on Joe Rogan, it was like, yeah, you know, they they get this like snarky comment which was like totally another and then, you know, um he uses it to like support his point on Don Lemon. Just a real fucking Weasley thing to do, man. Real fucking Weasley. These people are fucking despicable. Anyway, there were a number of other exchanges that came up during the the three hour plus podcast about uh, mainly, you know, they went on and on. They had a, a really good discussion as to whether or not children should be uh, vac- vaccinated against this. Young people, children, and you, you know, for somebody who feels so passionate passionately about getting children vaccinated and somebody who's so pro-vaccine again they just have like the flimsiest fucking argument and this is where one aspect where i think joe kind of dropped the ball a little bit like he it just maybe it just didn't occur to him to bring up this point but i still feel like joe's making a stronger argument for not vaccinating kids like literally the only thing that Sanjay could point to was some study, I don't know which one this is, that says you're eight times less likely to contract COVID. And then you have, um, you you know, you could have the, for a, a shorter period of time, the same viral load as an unvaccinated person. That That's it. So yes, you, you can still contract and transmit COVID, but the window to do that, at least right after you get vaccinated, is a smaller window and you're eight times less likely to contract it apparently. Although again, that's just for the, I'm sure that's just for the first strain of this. It doesn't apply to the Delta variant or any other variant, but that's it. That's the the whole rationale for getting children vaccinated. Now I'm old enough to remember when we figured out that children were not carrying viral loads large enough to transmit the disease like you could not catch this from a child because like they didn't have enough of it in them like they're breathing and everything like that now i don't know maybe that's changed but i i haven't seen i haven't seen any evidence or studies to suggest otherwise i I know a bunch of schools that have opened and they haven't had any outbreaks or anything like that i mean my mom works in a school 
they've been open for like i want to say almost a year now they've been open forever they haven't had any out like the kids don't really catch this and transmit it to adults so i i think that whole eight you know uh like his whole argument kind of falls flat on its face for that but the the big discussion sort of circled around myocarditis because younger people, especially younger men, have an increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. So let's go ahead and play. Uh, we'll play Dr. Gupta's response to that and his reasoning for why you should still get vaccinated even if you're a young child at virtually no risk of COVID whatsoever. I'm worried about myocarditis, period. How likely is my child to get myocarditis from the vaccine versus from COVID? Mm -hmm. Okay. Not just, hey, how likely are they to end up in the hospital, period, from COVID, but just how likely are they to end up with myocarditis? I think, you know, like if you were to ask the question, how likely are you to end up in the hospital after a vaccine versus how likely you end up in the hospital after COVID, that would be a fair comparison. What do you think is wrong with this comparison that they're making? Let's put it up again so you can specifically read it and tell me what's wrong because I feel like you're kind of cherry picking here. No, no. Because it says the data suggests that boys 12 to 15 with no underlying medical conditions are four to six times more likely to be diagnosed with vaccine-related myocarditis then ending up in the hospital with COVID. Ending up in the hospital with COVID for anything, right? I mean, that, that, that's, there are two different groups of patients here. One is specifically myocarditis. Right, but ending up in the hospital with COVID over anything would give you more data. Yeah. It would give you more instances. Right, so, so I, I mean... But that would make more people hospitalized with COVID. Your, your example falls the wrong way. So, so right? what, what I'm saying is that most of the people who got myocarditis did not need to go to the hospital, is what I'm saying. That they, 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 they were treatable outside the hospital. Right. So you're saying that it's okay that they got myocarditis because no, no. they didn't wind up in the hospital? Joe, no, no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But it that. doesn't even say that. that it doesn't say that. But that's, it doesn't that, say that they're not hospitalized with myocarditis. It doesn't say that. It, right. That's it says 86% of the boys affected required some hospital care. Yeah, I, I think so. That's you, a lot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that they ended up needing to be hospitalized, though. But it says it right there. 86% of the boys affected by vaccine-related myocarditis required some hospital care. Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. But when you look at the data This overall, doesn't concern you? This doesn't make you it, pause? It does concern me, totally. I think, but the question still is, from a risk-reward proposition... Uh, what is the, the risk reward proposition there is but, very clear. No, no. But, but I'm just saying that if I say, Hey, look, I'm worried about myocarditis. Okay. Let's say that's the thing. Um, let's just take that as an example. Okay. What is the likelihood I'm going to have myocarditis from the vaccine versus myocarditis from the disease? It seems like the likelihood, according to that study for young boys, age 12 to 15 is far more likely to get myocarditis from the vaccine than you are from COVID. There's, there's not a lot of kids who go to the hospital for COVID. You're right about that. And myocarditis is a risk, but myocarditis is more common in those who get the disease. Well, according to that study, it's I know. not. I know. According to that study, it's what well, you're saying it, but you're ignoring I, the science no, no, that I they're can, presenting. No. They're, they're showing that, that you're that, more likely to get myocarditis at a large number, four to six times more likely. They're not saying myocarditis. They're they're saying they're, it's it's then be hospitalized with COVID. Hospitalized with COVID. Right? Okay, push the put that up again. It's saying you're four to six times more likely to get myocarditis than to be hospitalized from COVID. I will take a closer look at this, but I, you're I, in. But you have an impulse. 
yeah, well, to, um, to defend well, let the me, vaccination in light of this data. Let, let, can, I, can I pull out something sure, here? Sure. Because I, I, have, I have been thinking about this a lot. You know, I mean, I got teenage kids, and we, we looked a lot at the, the myocarditis data overall. So, but that is saying that you're four to six more likely to so, get myocarditis than you are to be hospitalized for COVID for any reason at all. Yeah, so here, here is the, here's the myocarditis data specifically, which showed that it was a 16 times higher risk of myocarditis among patients with COVID-19 as compared to the vaccine right, 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 itself. Right, 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 right. But this is among all patients. This you is among 90-year-old people. They, they, they count as patients, right? Yeah. You're talking about, we're specifically talking about 12 to 15-year-old boys. What I was saying to you is... Okay. Um, wow. I, I, another just like fucking shredding right there. So, like, I, I think, again, Joe's, like, just so good at pressing him on all this stuff. He's like, oh, you're 16 times more likely. He's like, yeah, but that's for everybody. That's all patients. And I'm just talking about kids. But even if that's the case, like, let's say that that's 16 number, 16 times more likely uh, to get myocarditis from COVID than you are from getting it from the vaccine. I'll stipulate that that that's true. Sure, Gupta, we'll we'll take that. Okay, but here's the point that Joe Rogan failed to make, and that I think a lot of people missed. I don't know if uh, anybody else has made this point, but the question is not about what is the risk of myocarditis from getting the vaccine versus the risk of getting myocarditis from just COVID. Or just, I think later on in the episode, he refers to just general writ. Like, there's a certain number of kids who are going to get myocarditis regardless, even before COVID existed and before the vaccine and everything like that. So you have, like, the general risk of, of myocarditis. You have the risk of myocarditis induced from taking the vaccine. And then you have the risk of myocarditis from COVID. Okay? There's three three different types of risks, I guess, that we'll cover. The, the question is not, am I, you know, is it the risk of getting it from the vaccine or from getting COVID? Why isn't that the question? Because you can still fucking get COVID after you've gotten the vaccine. And believe me, these kids, these fucking eight-year-old kids, teenager kids, they are going to get COVID. We are all going to get COVID eventually. Now, they have a much longer time frame in which to get COVID. Okay, so the, the, the question is, do I want to add the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine onto the other two risks of just my general risk of getting myocarditis and the COVID risk? Because once you get vaccinated and then you get COVID, now you've got the double risk. You've got the myocarditis risk from the vaccine piled on to the other two risks that you just had generally for being alive and from catching COVID. So you've just increased your odds of getting it. Now, they, they, they talk about how small these odds are, and they are small. You know, it's like, I think he said between one and five people per million get it from the vaccine so far, something like that. But it is a risk. Okay, and what's the point of taking that extra added risk is is the question, not is it, you know, more risky? Are you at a bigger risk of getting it from the vaccine or from COVID? No, 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 no. Because you're going to get these kids are going to get COVID regardless. Okay, and even if the vaccine was perfect at stopping them from getting COVID, how many fucking vaccines are they going to have to take over time to keep that immunity going? We're already talking about a booster, and I know 
goddamn sure they don't know what the risk of myocarditis is to get a fucking booster shot every six months for the rest of their fucking lives. I, I bet you the fucking risk uh, of myocarditis goes through the roof in that case. So like, it's, it's just fucked either way. You're at more risk of myocarditis from taking the vaccine, period. Because you're adding whatever small risk that is onto the other two risks. Like you're, all these kids getting vaccinated for COVID are going to contract COVID. I guarantee it. At some point, in their, like most people are uh, vaccinated already are still getting COVID. And these people have a lifetime to live with this disease. So what are we doing here? That, that is not the question. The question is not, is it, are you at more of a risk to taking the vaccine or, or just getting it with COVID? Uh-uh. That's not, the, that's not the question here. Because you can still get COVID after getting vaccinated. So now you're just tacking on extra risk. And for what benefit? So that you have milder symptoms when you contract COVID? Their kids, most of them don't fucking have symptoms to begin with. All, the, all of their symptoms are mild. All of them, like in 99.9% of the cases, they have mild symptoms. So there's literally no benefit from my perspective and just extra risk, a risk of something that in rare cases can be serious. So that's the question I would like uh, Gupta to answer that I think Joe uh, missed an opportunity there. But uh, Mike, dude, Joe just fucking embarrasses this guy. It really is just the fucking embarrassing to watch to watch him, you know, and he hasn't seen a lot of these studies. He claims to read all of these studies all the time. You know, I'm knee deep in this stuff. I'm reading study after study. Which ones? Because you haven't heard of this one. He hadn't heard of a number of other studies that they bring up. I don't know, man. Just really unimpressive people all around that are that are leading this fucking parade for COVID. But that just seems like a fairly obvious point to bring up. It's like, well, okay, but you're you're making this binary thing. It's like, well, you could you're at a small risk of myocarditis from the vaccine, but that risk is still small but greater if you get COVID. It's like, okay, well, what if you get both? <laughs> Which is very, very likely to happen in young people that are going to have to live their rest of their lives with COVID around, because they're not eradicating it, are we? Uh-uh. Nobody's talking about eradicating COVID. And we know that the vaccine wanes after six months, maximum six months, it looks like. Okay, so what what's the risk then? Once their vaccine starts to wane and they get COVID, now they've got the, the double risk. And I don't know how long the risk of myocarditis. I think he talks about um, there's like a two-month period where if you're going to have a vaccine side effect that that is like the most uh, you know, likely period is to happen within two months. So how many people can contra still contract COVID within two months of getting vaccinated? I, I don't know. I bet it's pretty high with the Delta variant because the vaccine probably it doesn't seem to be doing anything with that. But if they're going to have to keep getting booster shots, that I can only imagine that that risk increases. It's not going to go down, <laughs> right? So... Yeah, I just I, I wanted to bring that point up. And I appreciate this Dr. Gupta guy going into the Rogan's pocket. It can't be easy to to be pressed on your your belief system for three straight hours by somebody who's, you know, not a pushover, who's relatively knowledgeable on the subject. It, you know, um, so I appreciate him trying to go on there. But man, you would think he'd have more. You'd think he'd have more to go on. Than, than just, 
oh well you're uh you're, you know you're 16 times more likely in general not just kids uh, of getting myocarditis from covid which i just sort of shot down that whole thing also this study as rogan pointed out shot it down um, you're eight times more likely to transmit the disease or to eight, eight times less likely to contract it if you're vaccinated. And as Rogan pointed out, I'm not going to play the clip, but look, that's for a, a short period of time. You might be eight times less likely. Okay. And then what, you know, and it's just, they really don't have a leg to stand on, particularly when it comes to children, vaccinating children. There, there's like no upside whatsoever for the kids. And there's a good amount of down. I mean, there is some downside and the long-term effects, as he admits, as Gupta will admit several times, they have no idea what the long-term effects are. Nobody does because the only way you can measure that is through the passage of time. So there's potentially unlimited downside risk <laughs> that we don't know of and a very, very low ceiling of upside risk to vaccinating kids. Well, they could spread, they could be uh, spreaders of the virus. It's like, okay, but you, they can also spread it while they're back. Well, for a shorter period of time. Uh, okay. But, you know, I, I also think that vaccinated people have like a false sense that they're not going to spread it. They're, they're doing, they're probably doing more in that short window of time than maybe somebody who's unvaccinated is if they're worried about spreading it. You know, they're they're more flippant about it because they've been vaccinated. They have this false sense that they can't, you know, spread it to anybody else. But kids, like I said, the last I heard, there was no evidence that kids were carrying a viral load capable of infecting an adult. And I got to imagine that even if they they do carry it, uh, what what with that adult being vaccinated, maybe that eight times. Uh, less likely to contract it even goes up because the kid's viral load is smaller and their breath is smaller and it's lower and all that stuff. I don't know. But I, I mean, to, to say that, you know, we have to, we have to vaccinate all the kids because they could potentially spread COVID around. Give me a fucking break, man. Give me a break. Who are they going to be spreading it around to anyways? Like what 15 year old is hanging around a bunch of old people? <laughs> okay, they'll spread it to their 15-year-old friends. Maybe their parents get their parents have been vaccinated. I, I don't know, man. This is all just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You'd think that if you're gonna go in to the fucking the lion's den with Joe Rogan for three hours, you'd have more. You'd have something else. But he's like, Yeah, I think, you know, hopefully I could convince you of, of, of this and convince you of that. I, I don't think he did a very good job. I don't think he did a very good job. You don't have, um, you know, we have, conf at best, we have conflicting, um, conflicting studies. At best, you know, they can point to a study that says this, and we can point to a study that says that. And then you just have the arguments, which I, I don't, I don't think the argument for vaccinating kids holds a lot of water. I, I really don't. Anyway, I, I, I still, uh, I love Rogan. Great, great podcast. You know, I don't, I don't catch all of them. It's, it, it really depends on who the guest is. But I do wish that we could just have somebody that could interject with, to correct him on, on certain things because he's so good on a number of topics. And, you know, towards the end of this interview, they talk about like uh, he talks about how he's such a, a left uh, liberal guy. And Gupta says, oh, I thought you were a libertarian. He's like, no, I'm not a libertarian. I'm a leftist guy. I'm like, for 
you know, gay rights and LGBT rights. And, and he just starts listing all of these things that aren't necessarily contradictory to the libertarian philosophy. And then he goes off on like, um, you know, universal basic income and, uh, like, you know, student loan debt, which is just like, oh, God, I wish I could have been there to just talk to him about student loan debt and how that's like we we can all be against that and still be libertarian because there's nothing libertarian about that. And it's just, and it's the, the whole thing is government created. And you guys all know that from listening to this podcast. So it, I do wish it's, it's, you know, certain times I could just like chime in. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but uh, anyway, the, I guess those are my thoughts on the whole uh, Sanja Gupta, Joe Rogan interview. That's all the buzz right now. Goddamn, the corporate press, CNN, they are just fucking cancer. Cancerous news network. I mean, they they literally just doubled down on their whole bullshit narrative right after this happened. Even after Sanjay goes on and admits that they shouldn't have done that, then they bring him on the next day to have him renege on that and talk about how they didn't get the story wrong, they didn't lie, blah, blah, blah. Like, they just never will fucking back down. They will double down on all of their fucking bullshit propaganda. And they are truly the enemy of the people. Anyway, there's a... I guess I can move on. I have no idea how long I just went on that topic. Probably longer than I planned. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit about these worker issues that we're having because of the vaccine mandates. And it's starting to, thankfully, uh, I mean, like, there's there's just no other way. We're going to have to disrupt everyday life in order to combat this fucking totalitarian regime. There's no other way around it. So in, in my hometown of Chicago, you've got the police union, urging uh, police officers to resist the mandate. They're going to lose, he says, 50% of the, yeah, 50% of the weak force could shrink this week. Today, Friday is the, the day that the vaccine mandate takes effect. So the head of the Chicago Police Officers Union on Tuesday called on its members to refuse to comply with the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Do not fill out the Porsche, the portal information I made my status very clear as far as the vaccine, but I do not believe the city has the authority to mandate mandate that to anybody, let alone that information about your medical history. It's safe to say that the city of Chicago will have a police force at 50% less for the weekend coming up, which is great. You know, anybody that knows Chicago knows the weekends are just a really pleasant time around the south side and the west side of Chicago. <laughs> not that there's a great police presence in those neighborhoods anyway, but... My God, once word gets out that half the cops are, are around, it's going to be like a fucking field day. You know, it reminds me of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance when, is that the third one? Where they, um, you know, all the, the police force is being diverted and Bruce Willis sees that little kid on the bike who's like rot, like taking a bag of chips or something from a convenience store. And, and the kid points out the fags like, look around, man. All the cops are gone. You could rob City Hall or something like that. And yeah, I, I think, you know, Chicago is already just being overrun with fucking violence. Like every couple of weeks, my, my buddies send me a story like there's a big shooting or like somebody gets their fucking ass beat in the middle of the fucking street in like nicer neighborhoods in Chicago. Like right in downtown Chicago, people are getting assaulted. That you guys are driving around fucking robbing people. People are getting shot everywhere. The, the, the city's going to the hell in a fucking handbasket. Lori Lightfoot's doing a tremendous job, as we knew she would. 
because, you know, she checks off all the important boxes for, for a governor, right? You know, she's black and she's a lesbian. What else do you need? Obviously, things are going to run smoothly. So the anyway, the, the police union is preparing a lawsuit against uh, against our favorite fucking mayor. I think I said governor before. Uh, she's the mayor. She's the fucking shitty mayor of Chicago running the fucking city into the ground. Not that it was like the most glorious city before her, but God, it's just like... <laughs> I can't think of a better face to put next to the downfall of a city than the ugly goddamn mug of Lori Lightfoot. Just like the most despicable person looks like the most despicable person and then you have just like the the picture of the city in the background just like fucking crumbling it's perfect it's absolutely perfect she just looks like a villain anyway uh (laughs) oh god love love me some lightfoot all right so the 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 workers basically city workers according to the mandate have to report their vaccine status by friday or be placed on a no-pay list. So I don't know, what happens if you report your vaccine status and you say, I'm not vaccinated? Then do you get fired? But yeah, I, I, I am totally on board with the cops on this one. I, I never thought I'd be siding with the Chicago PD. But yeah, dude, everybody should just, even if you're vaccinated, just say, fuck you, I'm not checking that box. I'm not filling that that part out. Go fuck yourself. How about that? It would be not, like, you know... I get that they're going to be put on a no-pay list, but how long can that actually last if um, if the whole police force does it? Like, you should be standing in fucking solidarity. You know, all these cops talk about, you know, how it's a family. If you go after one of them, you go after all of us, and, you know, all that stuff. Like, when one cop gets attacked, it's like attack on the whole thing. Okay, well, now it's time to put your fucking money where your mouth is. Are you going to stand together on this? Or are you going to fucking report your vaccine status to Lori Lightfoot? Um, I, I hope they all just fucking don't report it and go go on strike. This this is great. You know, this is like opening up a huge opportunity for private policing, which is great. You know, there's a uh, I, I saw another. I don't have it here in the stack. I was just reading it in, in passing that like this. All of these mandates and everything have really been a boon to private security forces. And so we could end up getting sort of like a a little test run here of libertarian theory of how private uh, security forces, police and fire and teacher, all the stuff that they normally go to when we complain about taxes. Well, we're, we're losing these services anyways because you're trying to force vaccines on people. And now we have an opening. We have an opening to take advantage of, and we can show them that we don't need to do it this way. It's a great opportunity, but there is going to be a a lot of issues in the short run. Like, there's that transition period with anything. And, you know, we're having the the, the same issues with airlines. Southwest had all these cancellations over the weekend. And, of course, you know, they were blaming it. It was just so great blaming it on the fucking weather when there was nothing wrong with the weather. Hilarious. Like, the memes are just fucking hilarious up there with the the let's go brandons it's just so fucking funny man uh, we live in such a bizarre time at the air traffic control interruption there's a shortage of workers because they they have these vax they're trying to enforce these vaccine mandates they canceled nearly 3100 flights in 4 days crews were struggling to move you end up with with aircrafts and crews in the wrong spot so yeah uh despite what they're they're trying to spin it 
you know, their their bullshit spin trying to enforce uh, Biden's ridiculous vaccine mandate. All of these Southwest employees coordinated taking their sick days together, which is great. They're all just fucking going to take their sick days at the same time. And that, that, you know, that is a great idea. Great idea. Love it. Absolutely love it. You got the sick time. All of you should fucking take it at the same time. Fuck you. Fuck your vaccine mandate. How about that? And yeah, if you have one of these flights that got canceled, that sucks. But it's it's not their fucking fault that they were forced into this position. Where does the where does the blame actually fall for this? Look at your fucking government. Look at these psychopaths in Washington. We're we're gonna have to fucking deal with it. There's supply chain issues popping up all over the place because of these stupid fucking mandates and other government law uh, rules and regulations. You know all this shit going on in California. Somebody just sent me this today. It was um. There's there's some California bullshit emissions regulation where no truck can take or receive shipments unless they com- unless they meet these new EPA standards in California, which means they have to be less than three years old. And so they lost like half the fucking fleet of trucks in California that can take all these goods. So that's why there's a supply chain backup because they can't they don't have any trucks to haul anything away. So the, the, the freights are just sitting there with all the stuff. It doesn't do any good to unload it if you got no truck to take it. So uh, all, all this shit is fucking government made. All of it. Everything. Don't let them fucking get away with blaming this on unvaccinated people or whatever. No, no, you did this. You did this. And, and this is, you know, these are the repercussions. And it's going to be bumpy for a while, but we, we're just going to have to fucking, you know, grit your teeth and bear it, grit and bear it. You know, we, we've got to bear down, as we say in Chicago, and put up with some disruptions. It, it's for, you know, it, it's for a much better outcome in the long run. Flights are going to be more expensive. You know, it's a great opportunity as well for some of these discount shitty airlines. You know, Spirit and Frontier, I know famously, are not enforcing any of these vaccine mandates. So they, go fly those airlines. Go fly fucking, you know, Spirit has some some really cheap flights to and from Mexico, by the way, for anybody looking to fly to the Sayulita Super Spreader on the cheap. I was just looking at it. I got to go back to Chicago in a couple weeks for some bullshit reason. But um, Spirit had a flight for like $113. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you're not going to do much better than that, uh, you know. It is what it is, but they should be hiring all of these fucking pilots and all these fucking airline attendants and everything like that and and expand into this fucking void, you know, that's being promulgated by the fucking all these airlines that got bailed out. Fuck them. Fuck them. And don't let them get bailed out again, man. This is such bullshit. Um, Anyway, I I feel like I've been talking forever. Um, I guess I'll wrap there for for the week, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Don't forget to become a supporting listener of the show so that you can get in on these Friday night happy hours with me. Go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab, and set up a recurring monthly donation. Get your Sayulita Super Spreader tickets while you can, 10% off, I think until the 18th, but don't quote me on that. I can't remember what the date I set is, but it will shut off at a certain time in the next few days. So you got a very small window to get 10% off your ticket. And join me and a whole host of special guests, Robbie the Fire, Mark Claire Lines of Liberty, Clint Russell, Liberty Lockdown, Buck from uh, Counterflow, Martha Bueno, Michael Rechtenwald, James Guzman, 
I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody, but we're all going to be down there. It's going to be a great fucking time. You're not going to want to miss this. So get your tickets now before it's too late. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Fiction.